How do you make sure to stay on track spiritually for your entire lifetime? Is there a vaccine against the Yetzirah? Welcome to the Transformative Duff. My name is Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Today we are on page 75 of Tractate Nadarim, and we learned that we immunize ourselves with Torah, Tefillah, and righteous company. Welcome to the Transformative Duff, and thank you for being my Chavrissa today. I like to begin with a story. For many years, King Yanai served the people, faithfully devoted to traditional Judaism. But with time, he began to mix with the wrong crowd. One day, his Sadducee friend, Elazar, suggested that he don the headgear of the Kohen Gadol alongside his crown. The sages were aghast and told him that one could not serve in both capacities. Incensed at their insubordination, he was determined to teach them a lesson. The special celebration of the Simchas Beisitsheva was held every Sukkot. While year-round wine was poured as a libation on the holy altar, one week a year they poured water. The Sadducees, however, Yanai's new friends, didn't believe in the water libation ceremony since it was part of the oral Torah that they rejected. And so, just as all eyes were upon him, watching and waiting for him to pour the water onto the altar, he suddenly let it empty onto the ground. Without missing a beat, the people arose and began pelting him with their estrogim. Tragically, that was his excuse to begin his mass execution of the sages and the people. According to Abaye, King Yanai was originally the saintly Yohanan Kohen Gadol, who only departed from the ways of heaven at the hoary age of 80. What happened to Yohanan? Where did he go wrong? Today's stuff discusses a man who voids all his wife's future vows in advance. The sages ask Rabbi Eliezer whether he believes that annulling future vows would instantly cancel them or would have the power to ensure that they never take effect at all. Rabbi Eliezer compares the man's annulment of his wife's vows to the annulment of his personal vows. If he makes a personal vow, he lacks the power to annul it. However, he does have the power to annul any future vows that he may make, causing them to be ineffective to begin with. It should follow that if he has the power to annul his wife's current vows, then he should certainly have the power to render her future vows ineffective. Nevertheless, the sages prove from the case of a mikvah that the power to remove impurity today has no bearing on the power to protect from future impurity. Let's look at the Gemara. Says the Mishnah, One who says to his wife, All vows that you vow from now until I arrive from such and such a place are hereby ratified, has not said anything. However, if he says that all future vows are hereby nullified, Rabbi Eliezer says they are nullified, while the rabbis say they are not nullified. Says the Gemara, according to Rabbi Eliezer, are the vows that the husband nullifies in advance effective and then immediately cancelled, or perhaps they do not take effect at all? Come and hear, Rabbi Eliezer said to them, if in a situation where he cannot nullify his own personal vows once he is vowed, and yet he can still nullify his own future vows, then certainly in the case of his wife, whose vows he can nullify even after she vows, is it not logical that he should be able to nullify his wife's vows in advance? Thus are his wife's vows not then similar to his own, in that just as his advance vows do not take effect at all, so too the advance vows of his wife do not take effect at all. They said to Rebel Yezer, if a mikvah, which elevates the impure from their impurity when they immerse in it, but does not save the pure from becoming impure if they come into contact with impurity after immersion, so too with regard to a person who does not elevate the impure from their impurity, is it not logical that he should not save pure items from becoming impure? Let's analyze this somewhat complex Gemara. The Gemara deals with a case where a human being swallowed a ritually pure object. He 
He then comes in, into contact with impurity and becomes impure. Presumably, the object that is swallowed should also become impure. But that's not the case. Rather, his body protects the object from impurity. Contrast that with a mikvah which has the power to purify today, but has no power to protect against future impurity. Thus, the power to purify today has no bearing on the ability to annul future impurity. And we cannot draw an a fortiori argument from the husband's ability to render ineffective his future vows to his power over his wife's future vows. Let's go back and explore the notion of going to mikvah today to protect oneself against future impurity. Why would anyone think that that would work? The mikvah cleanses what's happened in the past. It's illogical to think that it can cleanse things that a person will encounter or do tomorrow. Nevertheless, the Siach Yitzchak points out that it's not as far-fetched as you'd imagine. People really think that way. Each year when Yom Kippur arrives, many assume the Yom Kippur will fix everything. After all, don't our sages tell us that the very essence of Yom Kippur affects atonement? All you need to do is fast and show up to shul and all your sins are wiped away. But if that's the case, why do we engross ourselves in 40 days of teshuva leading up to the holy day? The answer, he explains, is more to do with our activities post-Yom Kippur than prior to it. The Talmud teaches that one who says, I will sin and then I shall repent, isn't given the opportunity to do teshuva. Consequently, rolling into Yom Kippur without having prepared yourself by engaging in self-introspection is akin to declaring you will sin and then do teshuva, which is ineffective, because you're just going to do the same sin again tomorrow. Yom Kippur only works if you sincerely regret what you've done and intend to do your very best to avoid sinning going forward. Nobody is immune from going OTD, off the derech, straying from the path of our divine mission on earth. It can happen to anyone. The Eight Sahara doesn't rest until the day we die. Yochanan Kohen Gadol may be the archetype of one who went off the spiritual deep end, but it happens in varying degrees to so many people. How do you protect yourself from becoming the next Yochanan? If Yom Kippur or a mikvah can't immunize you from future sin, is there any vaccine that will protect you? The good news is, there are other ways to protect yourself in advance. What are they? Torah, tefillah, and keeping good company. The Almighty declares in the words of our sages, I created the Eight Sahara, but I created Torah as the antidote. If you want to protect yourself from sin, immerse yourself in Torah. The more you envelop your entire being in Torah, the less prone to sin you will be. Torah creates a force field which protects you from the forces of impurity. Nowadays, it's easy to immerse yourself. Just grab a pair of headphones and download Shurim from YU Torah, Torah Anytime, Torah Cafe, or All Duff amongst many other options, not to mention the Transformative Duff podcast. Every time you jump into the car, have some Torah playing. Anytime you get on the treadmill, switch on a Torah class. The second way to protect yourself from impurity in advance is tefillah. Many of the prayers instituted by our sages were formulated with a view to protecting us from the elements. For example, in the morning we beseech God, do not bring us to any test. In the evening we say, remove Satan from in front of us and from behind us. When you focus on the words of prayer, you provide yourself with yet another form of protection from the forces of impurity that abound. The third method is more tangible. Rabbi Yeshua teaches that the best path to choose in life is good friends. We are creatures who travel in packs. We are susceptible to the influence of the environment and the friendships that we maintain. Yochanan's downfall stemmed from the new company that he began to keep and their advice and influence. 
If you want to stay on the spiritual straight and narrow, make sure you have spiritually like-minded fellow travelers. We are all OTD. Some of us are a little more off the derech, others of us are more on the derech. But none of us is immune to the snares of the Sahara. May you stay on track along your holy sojourn by constantly immersing yourself in Torah, tefillah, and wonderful friendships, wishing you a transformative day. Thank you for tuning into the Transformative Duff Podcast with Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Whether you've been doing Duff Yomi for years or you're not quite ready to commit but want to be part of the Duff Yomi global movement, there's something in the Transformative Duff for everyone. It's about joining the conversation. It's about talking over the Duff with your family, your friends, your colleagues. It means never being short of a discussion starter or a meaningful Torah. Every page of the Gemara, every word, every letter contains the secrets of the universe. To achieving a life of simcha and purpose, transform your life today. The Transformative Daf is published by Mosaica Press and available at all good Jewish bookstores and online from mosaicapress.com. Thank you, The Transformative Daf.